SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. I'm Lisa Burkhart-Worley, and welcome to Pop Talk, the show where you never know what topics might pop up. Are you still trying to figure out if you have a purpose in this life? doesn't matter how old we are. The question, what's my purpose, can still come into our minds. Today, we're going to be speaking to someone who can guide you in the search for purpose. Her name is Tina Yeager. Now, I met Tina at the Christian Women and Media International Conference, and I considered it a divine appointment. I was praying for that. She's an amazing woman. Tina's been a licensed mental health counselor since 2005. She's a life coach, speaker, podcast host, and author. Her podcast is called The Flourish Ment Podcast. That's M-E-A-N-T, not M-I-N-T. And she has a couple of books, Beautiful Warrior, Finding Victories Over the Lies Formed Against You. And the one we're going to be talking about today is called Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose. Tina has appeared on numerous media outlets, including the TCT Network, Heart of the Matter, and Pop Parenting Radio. No kin to Pearls of Promise Pop. Well, welcome, Tina. It's it's so great to have you on Pop Talk. And I just had an immediate connection with you when we met at the Christian Women and Media International Conference. Wish we lived closer. You're in Charlotte. I'm here in Texas. But it is just so great to see you uh, on Zoom and across the miles so we can do this interview. And And you wrote about being crafted for a purpose. And purpose has no age limit, right? There are a lot of people I know who have retired, and they're looking for a new purpose. What are your thoughts about being able to find your purpose at any age? Well, scripture shows us that God does not have an expiration date on our lives, and we can all have a purpose as long as we are still here. Uh, My parents, for example, are busier than they've ever been since they've been retired. They're busier than I am, and that's kind of going to take some doing. So look at Sarai and Abram. They were already in old age before God made them the patriarch and matriarch, the father of many nations, and the woman who he renamed as a princess. So God always has an opportunity for us to serve him, but we have to be willing to believe in that and to receive that gift of identity that he gives us instead of believing what the world says about being too old to do anything. I always relate to Moses because he started ministry really at age 80, right? And so he was just shepherding over there in Midian and minding his own business when God appeared to him and called him. And that happened to me too. I had another career totally. And God called me into the ministry and took me right out of it. But I use so much of those those tools and those skills uh, in ministry. And I think that's what happens to us. He kind of prepares us. And we know that God makes no mistakes. He has designed every human being for a divine purpose. Why is it important to know what that purpose is, Tina? 
Because if we don't know that we have a purpose, then we're not going to fulfill it. So it's important for us to seek God and have him guide us. He may not give us the entire path. Sometimes he just gives us a lamp to our feet instead of the light to the whole entire path. And that is for a reason. I know that if the Lord told me everything I was going to do for the rest of my life, I'd be so overwhelmed. I wouldn't want to get out of bed. So he often just gives us the amount that we need to know to take the next right step. And the good thing about learning a little bit at a time what that purpose is, is that we can depend on him to guide us every single step of the way. The Lord uses each of us. He crafted us all with unique purpose. Ephesians 2.10 shows us that we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And the good news about that is that we don't have to do all the heavy lifting. He's prepared it all. He's laid it all out ahead of us. We simply need to listen to him for each step of that purpose. Yeah, he wants to guide us. He wants to take care of us. And and I just think it's so important uh, that we let him do the steering, let him do the guiding, the driving, instead of trying to push our way into a purpose. Hey, I never thought I'd be working on a doctor of ministry at this point in my life. You know, at my age, I never. And if he had told me uh, uh, after I'd finished like the master's degree that, hey, I'm going to call you later to go get work on a more advanced degree, I I would have just said no way. There's no way I can do that. But he, um, but he's so good. He knows the right timing, and he doesn't give us too much all at once. Hey, the Bible says we become new creations, right? When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says in the New Living Translation, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Now, I know for myself, after I rededicated my life to Christ, my passion changed. Instead of an overriding desire to be successful in sports television, which is what I did, I had a passion for God and I wanted to serve him in any capacity. Now, this may be a, a really confusing concept to some people. How, how do we become a new creation? Well, God doesn't kill us and bring us back as a new thing. He actually takes the parts of us that were broken and he remakes all of that into something more beautiful and more purposeful than we could have ever imagined before. And God is the ultimate upcycler of all of our old messes. He makes them into masterpieces, as I like to call them. And we are each wonderful works of art that God shines through showing what he can do with the past that we've had, the present that we're facing, and the future that we don't even dream possible. God makes all things new. That means he gives us, just like we would take a piece of junk or something we would throw away, he takes that in our lives and makes it into something that's a work of art that is better than it ever was before, polishes us up and pours a message through us that gives hope to other people who feel they can't be used either. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, one of the things I love to do is give my testimony uh, out at different places because people look at you and you, they don't think you've ever had any problems or that you grew up in any kind of dysfunction or anything. But that's what I love to do. I love to tell people about the story and how God brought me out of that and, and how he's using me now. Yeah, there are no messes. And I love that. I wrote it down. Masterpieces. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to quote you, but I'll, I want to use that because it's such a good a good thing uh, to remember. Uh, 
Um, now, what I think makes your book upcycled, crafted for a purpose, very unique is that each chapter includes a gift or a decor project. Now, let me just preface this by saying I'm not very artsy crafty, but if you make it easy enough, maybe I can do it. But can you spend some time on what you're doing there and, and why did you decide to include this? And can you give some examples? Well, first of all, I'm not a professional artist, and I didn't want to make this inaccessible to the average person either. So all the crafts are easy, they're doable, they're taking old things, things that are cheap, or things you might already have that you were thinking of throwing away, and making those things into something that you can cherish and keep as a reminder of what you've learned about God, upcycling the old things in your lives, the worn things, the rusty things, the junky things in your life, or you can share those things as part of a missions project. I've got some suggested places where you could donate those if you do them yourself or as you as a group, you could share that project as something that you do together. And some examples like my favorite is the mosaic mirror because we all have jagged edges and, and broken things in our lives. But God takes that and he puts all of those jagged edges together as individuals, the jagged pieces of our lives, and as jagged individuals against other jagged individuals together. We share the story of the gospel, much like God used old little pieces and bits of things to create mosaics across all the walls of the ancient cathedrals. That was how people related to the gospel story that at the time they couldn't read, but they could see themselves in those broken pieces and recognize the hope in the gospel message on the walls of those cathedrals. So I love that this mirror allows us to see ourselves in the middle of God remaking that brokenness into something beautiful. And I also love that you could share that message with, say, a domestic violence shelter or a home for women and children who were rescued from sex trafficking. I love it. Sounds like a Bible study to me. You know, you can do that and have a little craft every week and, and work uh, with these kinds of things. And and I love mosaics. I just love them because they make a beautiful picture in the end, but it's made up of broken pieces. I remember my mom, who was very broken, uh, did create a mosaic, and I wish I had it. I don't ha have any idea where that is, but it would have been very prophetic about how God really, uh, maybe through me, I don't know, but has uh, put all the pieces together and has created uh, something wonderful and beautiful and is using it for his glory. Now, in your book, you ask people to reevaluate their imperfections. So how do you reevaluate? How do you do that? How do you reevaluate your imperfections? I know if that's me reevaluating my imperfections, it's going to take a long time. So how do we do that? Well, looking at what are the things that we can turn over to God and he can either take those things and replace them, or he could take those things and reuse them as a way to tell this is what God can do with your life to other people who have similar imperfections. Let's say you've been through addictions, or you've been through, like I have, an eating disorder in your history, or something like depression or anxiety. God can use those things to show how he can strengthen us in the times that we feel we are most flawed and most in need. And he can use those very things to reach other people's hearts who are broken as well. Yeah, I struggled with anxiety. I wish I had an eating disorder sometimes, but I struggle with 
with anxiety. And I just really rebuke it. I just, if I start to feel anxious, I rebuke that spirit and I you just stop it in its tracks and it, it works. I mean, I just pronounce the name of Jesus over it and, and ask it to flee or command it to flee. And that spirit goes away. So, you know, we have, God gives us the power to overcome these things, doesn't he, Tina? Um, what do you say to the people who might be listening and and they're just sitting around and they don't know what they want to do. They feel like they might be washed up their career. They've, you know, they've retired. Um, they think they're too old to serve. I've heard people say that. It's like, I'm gonna let the young people do it. What do you say to them? I would say, if you're still here, God still has a purpose for you in your life. You have people around you that you could influence and that you could make a difference in their lives still, but you have to be willing. And that's who God looks for. He doesn't look for the perfect. He looks for the willing. And if you look in scripture, those were the people that God chose. He chose a woman in Samaria who'd been married five times and was not living with the man she was married with. And that was who he made as the evangelist, the nation of Samaria. He chose a man who was living among the tombs that had to be delivered of a thousand demons. That was who he chose to be an evangelist to the region of the Gerasenes. He didn't choose the community leaders, the people who thought their lives were all perfect. He chose the man who was most willing to serve him after he was delivered. So these are the people that God chooses. He chose Mary Magdalene to be the first person to see him after he rose from the dead, she had been delivered from demons. She was willing. She was surrendered. So if you are surrendered to the Lord, if you are willing to serve him, then you can still be powerful and mighty as a moving force of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you to reach all the people that God chooses for you to reach. And that may be five people. It may be five million people. You don't know what God could do through you, but you can be sure, certain that, that nothing is going to happen unless you are willing. That's good. If you're willing, he's going to use you. And I know that happened to me recently. I had a dream about a, a French city and I didn't know what it was about, but ultimately he sent me there and I ended up doing a documentary there. And I'm of retirement age. I can't. I can't believe this all happened, but it's all coming to fruition. It's it's, it's a wonderful experience to be used by God in this way. And He knew I was willing. I said yes. Just use me. Send me. And doesn't matter how old we are. So, Tina, what are some ways that we can find out our God-given purpose? We may think we know our purpose, but maybe it's wrong. It's possible we did not hear it from God. I would say make sure that you are spending time in prayer and reading scripture and just meditating. And by meditating, I'm not talking about some kind of new age meditating. I mean, listening for God's voice as you're praying. And if you have not listened for God's voice, make sure that you're reading scripture and you get to know God's character. His voice will always line up with his scriptures and with his character won't ever contradict that. So make sure you're paying attention to those things. Be in good, godly counsel with other people. And then look at what God has put before you. What he said to Moses, and I love that you mentioned Moses. He said to Moses, what is in your hand? So that may be the first place that we are to look. What has he already shown us? What are the experiences we've lived? What is our testimony? What is the passion that he's put deep inside of our hearts to reach other people who are hurting? If you had to reach someone 
with the hope of Christ, what would that look like in your life? And you may not know that right away, but keep asking God because scripture promises that he who seeks wisdom from God, God is faithful to respond with the wisdom that you ask for. What is in your hand was what drew me back to television. Uh, I was really praying about this continual repeat message. I, I have to have repeat messages to hear from God. And it was about going back to television after 20 years away from it. I just, I said, when I left, I don't need to do this anymore. I've had enough of it and I'm just going to go on and do something else. Well, sure enough, he brings me back to do Christian television, but uh, that was what spoke to me. What is in your hand? I said, and I just really stopped. I said, Lord, you are not calling me back to the media, are you? You're just not. But he had trained me to do that. It was in my blood. I I had done it for so many years. I knew how to do it. But now we're doing it for his glory. And, and it's so much fun. You know, it's, it's I don't have to worry about ratings or research or any of that stuff, the bad stuff that goes with television. And so, yeah, be careful. He may use what how we've been trained all these years or use our stories or whatever it is. Uh, and and use it for his glory now instead of for the secular world. So uh, I want to dip into your other book, uh, Beautiful Warrior, uh, for just a minute, because I think some of what you teach there really has to do with finding your purpose as well. Sometimes uh, we we can't reach our purpose because we have all these ongoing negative thought patterns. How do we drown out the negative voices so we actually have confidence in ourselves, confidence in the Lord to step into our purpose? When you've created a mental pathway that's a habit, that is a pattern of thinking, it will take some doing to create a new default thought process. So you first have to identify what you need to change. You can't just get rid of it. You're going to have to replace it. So find out what things you are saying over yourself, about yourself, to yourself that you would never say to someone that you dearly loved, not to your daughter, not to your best friend, not to your sister, not to anybody that you loved. Like, I'm so stupid. I always fail. All of those negative things that you say over yourself constantly. You may not recognize it, but but be paying attention to the things that you speak over yourself. I can't do this. I will never do this. Anything that does not declare the power of God and the identity of yourself as an heir with Christ who is seated with him in the heavenlies, anything that is contrary to that powerful identity in Jesus Christ, you need to identify that, write it down, and then find a scripture that declares the truth of what God says about you and start speaking that as a response. Whenever that shame lie comes against you, speak the truth of God, the scripture of God, over that in response and replace it and refute it, rebuke it and push it away until the new default becomes the truth that God speaks over you. And then you will be able to model that for the people in your life. So they will see that in you and they will start to want a positive self-identity in Christ instead of being stuck and mired in the shame lies. Another thing that you can tell is a negative way of thinking is if it's paralyzing. If it holds you back and keeps you down, then it is not from God. Conviction is from God. Condemnation and 
putting you down and shame, those things are from the enemy. And that will always keep you back. But God will always convict you to move you forward. So check the momentum of your self-talk as well. If it moves you forward, that is in alignment with God. If it's holding you back or keeping you down or pushing you to where you can't serve God, it is not from God. Yeah, and a lot of times, uh, in addition to calling us into areas where maybe we've already been equipped and trained, sometimes he does call us to do things out of our box. Like this recent trip that I was talking about, I went to a country where I did not know the language. I, I didn't know any French, and that was intimidating for me, very scary to go someplace where I couldn't even communicate. But he called me there. It was like an out-of-the-box experience. So can you discuss that um, you know, I think when we think negatively, we, we will say things to ourselves like, I'm not capable of doing that. I don't have the, the tools to accomplish this calling. Uh, what do we do when we start hearing things like that? Or if God calls us into this realm that we have never experienced before? I think we need to be careful about telling God what we will and we won't do, because often that's the very thing he's going to call us to. I always say to people jokingly, I wish I'd said to God, I'll never be a millionaire, because then for sure, that would be what would he call me to be. <laughs> so you can always check that whatever you're saying has to line up with God's power, not your power. It has very little to do with us and what we can do in our own strength, because that wouldn't glorify God if we could do it on our own. It has everything to do with what God can do through us to show that it wasn't about us. It was only capable of being accomplished with the power and strength of God. And if you look through scripture, that is true of everyone that is mentioned in scripture. No way could they have accomplished anything for the Lord in their own strength without God's power making those things possible. If you look at Gideon, speaking of anxiety, he was the poster child for anxiety, timidity, insecurity, and he actually argued with God about what he could and couldn't do and, and checked to see, make sure, is that really, was that really you, God? And eventually God showed that he could do with just a few men what would have been impossible to accomplish. And yet he created a victory for the whole nation of Israel through just a few men. And it would have been impossible, but God can do the impossible. God can breathe the entire universe into existence from a little bit of dust. What could he do with your life? He doesn't want us to really be that confident because he wants us to he wants us to rely totally on him because he wants to do it through us. He wants to be the strength in us. He wants to guide us. He wants to fight the battles for us. And and that's what I've found. A lot of times he'll call us definitely into uh, this uh, unknown area or this area that we don't even feel like we could ever do it. And but but the one who calls you is faithful for. Thessalonians 5, 24 says, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. So uh, if we don't have a healthy self-esteem, Tina, it's difficult to be successful in our purpose. What would you say are some of the common obstacles to a healthy self-esteem? Often, especially as women, we experience abuse, we experience shame, we experience comparison. Those are some of the things that get in our way when we have negative self-talk, as we've already mentioned, those things can get in our way. And yet we have 
put all of our confidence, all of our sense of worth in the wrong things. And that can be putting our sense of worth and value in our performance, in our social status, in our ability to be accepted and approved of by others, in our uh, our achievements, whether we win enough awards, whether we are the president of the company, whether we're moving forward in our careers, and even in our appearance, if we're thin enough, if we are not too thin, if we are are working out, we're able to be Miss Universe, or you know, the, there's no end to the things that we can seek to fill us when it comes to self-esteem. But those things are like drinking salt water. They will never satisfy us. They will never give us a fulfilling sense of worth or identity. Our worth and identity can only be established in a fulfilling way as we see ourselves in Christ. And nobody's perfect. And that's something that I think causes people to be paralyzed is that they they don't do things maybe perfectly as they want to do them. And so it's like, if they can't do it perfectly, they're just not going to do it. I think of my closet and cleaning my closet. If I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to start it. But that can be the way it is in, in all sorts of life. So Tina, as we close, I just uh, want to pretend like I'm one of your counseling clients. And I've come into your office and I have given up on life. I feel worn out. I feel useless. Uh, if that's the way I am coming into your office, what would you say to me? I would say that God cherishes you enough for you to be here right now. And because you are still here, you are loved by God so much that if you were the only one, he would have poured out all of his blood and he would have died just for you. If you were that valued by God, that he would give up everything, all the glory of heaven to come to earth and suffer and die on your behalf, how much value do you think that says about you? And when you place your value in that, what do you think you'd be willing to do to get past this moment of pain and suffering to be used by God to bless those that he loves? You have a purpose and you just haven't seen it yet. Are you willing to open your heart and go through the healing process, even though it's hard and even though it will take time? Are you willing to take the next right step to receive the love from Jesus that he has for you and the love that he has to pour through you? That's beautiful. Thank you. I'm ready to go into my purpose. <laughs> hey, a real quick question that just came to my mind. Can you have more than one purpose? Oh, absolutely. And God can always build and change and shift our purposes. And he often does that to stretch us, to grow our faith. And so we can actually be models of growing faith for other people because we're meant to mentor other people as well. If we're not growing, we're not going to be helping other people grow that are watching us and, and paying attention to what we're doing. So absolutely, there's always going to be a new purpose, a fresh step to take in our purpose. He's always growing us and changing us and shifting where he's leading us next. That's why it's an adventure. It's a wonderful get to that we get to get up and find out what's new with God to lead us to the next step. Well, I feel better because people always tell me I'm too busy because I've got all these different things going on and uh, I feel like I've got more than one purpose. So 
Thank you so much, Tina, for sharing that we are crafted for a purpose. Our purpose says everyone listening to this broadcast has a divine purpose. So our hope is that you will find it. Maybe you found it today or you got renewed hope by listening to Tina Yeager. Her new book just released in October is Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose. Tina wants to give you a free downloadable gift, an upcycled inspirational flip book template. It's available today at upcycledbook.com, upcycledbook.com. That's so nice of you, Tina. And if you would like to reach out to Tina, you can find her at her website, and that's tinayeager.com, Tina, Y-E-A-G-E-R.com. And I'd love for you to contact us here at Pearls of Promise Ministries. We're the producers of Pop Talk. Email us at info at pearlsofpromiseministries.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Pop Talk Media or at Pearls of Promise. We're also on Instagram at pop underscore ministries. Catch all of our Pop Talk television shows on our YouTube channel. And we want to thank our sponsor, Grace Point Media. For all of your media needs, go to gracepoint.media. That is Pop Talk for today. I'm just an ordinary girl who God turned into a pearl. Have a wonderful week. Coming soon at the Central Park Performing Arts Center in Largo, Florida the first annual Solwyn Women's Conference. Hear 20 plus inspiring speakers that will transform you, shift you into your divine path. Mark your calendars, ladies, June 21st to the 23rd. Three full days of fellowship, worship, encouragement, and supporting local female business owners. When your soul prospers, so will your health, your finances, and your relationships. I need a lot of time trying to figure it out. You're stronger than you think. God wants us to walk in freedom. He wants us to understand the blessing. It's time to be healed in your soul, know your true worth, and be all you were beautifully and wonderfully made to be. Purchase your tickets now for this life-changing event at www.soulwindconference.com. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soulwind, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soulwind women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.